I'd like us to take our scriptures and go to Isaiah chapter 65, and we're going to just read one verse in verse 17. And if you were on the call yesterday, you would have heard Dwight talk about the sovereignty of God and prayer and revival. And this is an extension of the thought of sovereignty. Um, Just as I've mentioned, even as we pray here in a few moments, if you want to extend somebody else's prayer by praying something simple, then um, please do that. This is an extension of a devotional thought from yesterday as Dwight Wagner commented on God's sovereignty. So think of the sovereignty of God, supremacy of God, rulership, ownership of God in the book of Isaiah, specifically chapter 65, and in this text, really in the the context of this is God presenting what Israel's going to be in the future. This is the future of of Israel. So, um, but verse 17 of chapter 65 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. You think about that. Think about the grandeur of the new heaven and new earth that the sovereign God, the maker of the current heaven and earth, um, will be making even to the point that we're just going to forget about the old one. Okay, That's going to be so impressive and so incredible that maybe even our minds will just either erase or not even be drawn to thinking about the old one. So think about what happens even in new birth. You know, we... we the new life in Christ is so engaging and so spe- so special that we we don't even want to think about the old life. But uh, then in, in chapter 66 of Isaiah, we're just going to look at two verses. But if you let yourself meditate on these two verses, I'll guarantee you to fill up your day of grandeur of God and... Um, We actually, in this passage, get to look through the eyes of God. This is so interesting. We look through what God is looking at. So uh, verse 1 of Isaiah 66 says, Thus saith the Lord, um, and I don't want to frustrate you if, if this is frustrating to you, but let's just pause here. When I read this this morning, I thought this is kind of like going into an auditorium for a concert and everybody's talking, everybody's cutting up and everybody's, you know, comparing notes and what's going on. There's a lot of commotion, a lot, but then the lights go down and the spotlight comes up and there's a single person that enters the stage. This is what we have here. This is like focus. This is God is going to speak. Everything gets quiet. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Wow, talk about sovereignty, all right? Where is the house that ye build unto me? In other words, look around. In all of your human majesty and human splendor and human creativity, can you match what I've done? Can you match the heaven, my throne, and the earth is my footstool? Um, What sort of house could you build for me? Right Then the phrase, and where is the place of my rest? Now, this could be taken several ways, but we do know that 
God rested after creation. Um, I don't know that that's what this is talking about, but think of this. If you were to say, he were to say, look at all of my splendor. I've made everything. I know, I know everything. I own everything. If you were to find a place for me to rest, <laughs> where would you go? If you're going to pick out a vacation place for me, good luck. No way. I own it all. Right? I'm the, I'm the king. I'm the I'm the I'm the majesty. Um, where is the place of my rest? Verse two. For all those things hath my hands made. So think of heaven and earth looking around, and he's saying, he says, now look at everything you consider valuable, all the building materials of the earth and the gold and the silver and the, all the things that you would build a house out of. Look at my hands. My hands made it all. I created it out of nothing. And for the, all those things hath, my, hath mine hands made, and all those things have been. So I've created them I own everything, saith the Lord. So now there's a pause. There's a pause. The, the writer could have, God could have said, all those things have been, but, but he says, saith the Lord. So in other words, there's something more coming. And look what's the last half of verse two. But to this man will I look. Hmm. So there is something I'm looking for. I own all these things. I've created all these things. I'm the owner. I'm the sovereign. But there is something I'm looking for. Someone who will actually catch my eye. Out of all of this, there is something, and I want you to see life through my eyes, there is something that will catch my eye, that will get my attention. Even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Hmm. This is what gets God's attention. This is what God is seeing through his eyes. He's looking for through his eyes. But to this man will I look. Hmm. Even to him that is poor. The word here has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with humility. A poor in spirit man, a person in awe of who God is. Um, this has to do with poor as in reverence, all right? Even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit. Now, this, is, this will take you down a road that is very interesting to think about. Hmm. Um, the word Contrite here means maimed or lame. We would say weak. So someone who is has a maimed body can do very little to take care of themselves. They are weak. And we are to be that dependent on the Lord, even to him that is poor, humble, and of a contrite spirit, weak, weak, broken, and trembleth at my word. Now, we could go into the original language at, with this word trembleth, and you know what we're going to find? We're going to find that it means tremble. <laughs> okay? um, this means afraid. It means fear. It means looking at God as so 
big and so huge that we are overwhelmed with him to the point of trembling. Um, we would say this is reverence. This is, but it's also trembleth at my word. So there's a response here. We are humbly responsive to God. This is who God's looking for. God is looking for. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. So what God is looking for is someone, and we trust it would be reflected in our prayer time, someone who is at the end of themselves. We're not out to try to manipulate God. We are humble we are weak, and we are listening. We are humble, we are weak, and we are listening. And this is who God is looking for, out of his eyes, through his eyes. In fact, you may remember that very familiar verse in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Listen to this. Speaking of the eyes of the Lord, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. It doesn't mean that we are perfect as in we have no room for improvement. The word perfect actually means made ready to a heart that is made ready toward him, quiet toward him, Hmm. humble, weak, and listening. So here's the priority of God. This is what God is telling us. In all of the splendor, in all of my sovereignty, this is where I'm looking. I'm looking for this kind of person. And as we pray today, could we evaluate our lives and just ask ourselves, are we humble? Are we weak? Or do we think we're pretty strong? Are we weak? And are we listening? Are we going to respond to his word? As we pray, could we be mindful that we deserve nothing but destruction and have nothing to offer God except our humble adoration? So, um, and we really don't desire to do anything other than what he tells us to do. Other than, so we're trembling at his word. So as we've talked about academic Christianity and plastic Christianity, think of this. There's no reason that we should have polished praying. There's no reason that we feel like we need to be fancy in what we're saying. God is looking for humble, weak, and listening. Um, There's no reason for necessarily polished worship outside of just broken hearts before the Lord. Um, Humble, weak, and listening. So as we pray, and if you were to go on this passage, you're going to see that even arrogant acts of worship are, are looked at with repulse, with being repulsive to God, even as sinful to God. So let's, just, let's go before the Lord in humble, weak, and listening prayer, listening even to the people that were praying before you, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit Um, listening to the text of scriptures that comes to mind or even the text of scriptures that get prayed, humble, weak, and listening. It's what God's looking for through his eyes.